welcome to an episode of the Product Coalition European Tour. This is the London series where today I'm very excited to be joined by a very old friend. I'm not that old. <laughs> that was rehearsed. Uh, Luke Sherrington. And we're going to be talking about it's The title here is It's Not What You Put In, It's What You Leave Out. And we're going to be touching on some, some minimalism concepts during today's session. James Woodley. Welcome as well. James is my co-host for the London series. Great to have you join me as well. Good to be here. Thank you very much. I want to give a shout out to our location host for the episode, Digital Directories at WeWork in Holborn. Digital Directories is a legal tech startup which provides a platform for people to make informed decisions about legal issues and contact legal experts. Originally founded in Paris in 2015, the French site has over 3,500 lawyers and due to its success, a sister site in Belgium was launched in 2018, followed by Italy and the UK in 2019, thanks to the Digital Directories team. This tour and every single podcast episode is dedicated to raising awareness for the bushfire-affected communities and wildlife in Australia. If you enjoyed this episode, please show your support at bushfire.productcoalition.com. I'm visiting five cities across Europe to interview over 50 product leaders like Luke to gain insights, knowledge and experience to share with you the Product Coalition global community. And if you're just listening to the Product Coalition for the first time, welcome. We're a community of over half a million readers, 6,000 Slack members and thousands of podcast listeners. Head to platform.productcoalition.com to find out some more. Before we get stuck in, I must give a huge thanks to the following brands and people that have been major donors to the calls that I'm trying to raise awareness and funds for. Firstly is UserPilot. UserPilot.com is a code-free onboarding and adoption tool designed especially for product management teams. They help increase conversions, user retention rates and reduce churn by guiding new users to the first aha moment. With interactive walkthroughs, contextual product tours and onboarding checklists, it allows product managers to build fully customizable, behavior-triggered in-app experiences with a simple visual editor. Head to userpilot.com to book a demo and grab a trial. Shobit Chug is the intentional product manager. Big thank you to Shobit. Shobit's a Google product manager and helps product managers become product leaders and have careers they can be proud of. Go to www.intentionalproductmanager.com and sign up for Showbit's free class on the habits that turn product managers into exceptional product leaders and help them move through their careers fast. Some other sponsors, or I should say donors, are Rich Miranoff, Chris Miles, and Luke Sherrington, sat next to me. Hello. I wanted to say the legendary Luke oh, Sherrington. No, I do um, <laughs> don't want to get listeners overexcited. Okay, let's get stuck into the icebreaker. In Melbourne, we had a locals guide to Melbourne for the audience. In Sydney, it was a pub quiz. In London, it's going to be a game of English or not. So for you, Luke, okay. I'm going to test your product knowledge on London or not. So this product, was it invented in London or not? The black box flight recorder um i'm gonna say yes yeah you ever seen one no hopefully not <laughs> <laughs> no it's australian black oh. box flight recorder has helped make commercial air, car- air travel the world's safest form of travel james i'm just realizing i'm glad i didn't ask you that question yeah as a, <laughs> as as a, a pilot. Uh, pilot in training pilot in training yeah. over there did you know that I didn't know that, no. No, there we go. And what was interesting about the evidence on this was the team that had the idea was a Melbourne research team exploring why commercial jet aircraft, known as the Comet, had suffered a series of deadly crashes. Now, I don't know if that's one aircraft that kept crashing yeah. or <laughs> <laughs> the aircraft that had the same theme of crashes, but obviously good thing it did. James, the, the second one on here. Yep, so the Tube, London or not, or Underground Railway, shall we say? 
It's got to be, isn't it? It is. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so consider yourself lucky to be able to spend half your day in something so historically momentous. The underground was officially the first of its kind. And a much peloton line debuted in 1863 between Paddington and Farringdon. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Our gift to the world. Every day's a school day. Yeah. Okay, Luke, this session, it's not what you put in, it's what you leave out. We're going to be talking about design, minimalism, product design, experience design. Could you tell us a little bit about your career and your route to, to getting into the hot seat today? Yeah, sure. Well, thanks for having me here. Apologies, I'm not a product manager myself. I'm more of a designer. No, that's a good thing. But yeah, so I started out as a graphic designer straight out of uni. I really enjoyed that. I, really, I still enjoy graphic design. But I fell into web design. And the reason that sort of really appealed to me was because you're able to design something on a bit of paper effectively and actually bring it to life and create something that is used by someone else and actually interact with. And that, that for me, was just a bit of a game changer. It was like, wow, oh, okay, we can take this somewhere different. And from there, I sort of wanted to know how these things were built as well. So I started learning front-end development, got into building websites. I was a bit of a hybrid designer, stroke developer, front-end, not back-end. That was way too cody for, for <laughs> me. And yeah, just progressed from there, really. I've worked at a company that provides websites for the events industry called ASP. And we have our own CMS platform, in-house built CMS platform there. And so the natural sort of progression was for me to move into product management or design side in that product and so that was my first introduction into designing for a product more than you know just a, a website and from there I've recently sort of taken a bit of a leap um, a year ago I started up a design experience agency called the Cladoscope Collective with my good friend Jamie Wallace we're looking at not only we work with tech companies we're doing sort of UX UI but also experience design at live events so we're working with some festivals even a coffee shop and the principles are, are the same for us really it's 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 about creating a, a great experience for the end user so we're sort of using the same you know the same principles throughout nice. and just getting to work on loads of different creative projects and for me that is so so rewarding Awesome, awesome. So if you're listening, Luke and I actually met at university day one in our halls of residence down in Southampton yes. was where we first shook hands back in the day, 20, 20 odd years ago. So it's for me, it's a pleasure to be sat here today and, and be able to talk to, um, talk to Luke at a professional level about his experience, what he's been up to and where product design is, is going in the future. And likewise for James, my co-host, and we've been connected ever since we both Worked in a cinema together. Yeah. Back in Sweeping the nineties. Sweeping popcorn. <laughs> how we've how we've progressed <laughs> yes. to the upper arches since grown. then. So let's get let's get stuck into this minimalist design approach. So can you talk to me a, a little bit more about the hard decisions of designing a software product now and how you go about ensuring that you are leaving the right things in and you're not putting rubbish yeah. in and well, you're the, making those well, that, that quote it's it's not what you put in it's what you leave out I, i've actually I, I took that from a from a film is <laughs> a film called almost famous is from 2000 i think and it's about a rock and roll band in the 70s which is bang on what i'm into you know i love i love my 60s 70s music 
and that whole culture and the art scene and the everything, fashion, everything. I love, I love it. So that film was right up my street anyway. But there's two guys on there and they're talking about music and the the buzz and the magic of a track. What makes it? What what gives it that timeless thing? Like, what is the thing that makes it pop? And one of one of the guys says it's not. It's, I think they're talking about Marvin Gaye's "What's Going On," and he's like, "It's not what you put in. It's what it's what they leave out." And that just resonated with me. And it, I've actually taken that throughout throughout my career. Just and I always come back to that. I'm always looking for ways to sort of simplify a process. Or is there something on the page that doesn't need to be there? Is that detracting from the goals that we've set so it's just i find that whatever design principles i'm looking at i can always take that approach to it and that that's what i've kind of found myself drawn to but it's also fitted in with my natural personality in life since taking this on i find myself in everyday life trying to simplify general mundane (laughs) tasks like even doing the recycling it's like we were putting it into one bin and then at the end of the week, we were putting it into another bin to, that was, you know, further down right. by the drive. That's crazy. So, <laughs> so I got the original, the, the big bin that eventually has to go into, and I put it by the window. So then I just opened the window, put the recycling, and I was like, yes. That's, <laughs> <laughs> it's stupid Super things fun. like that that yeah. just really make <laughs> You'll be automating that next. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, exactly. So my, I find in my whole life now that I'm trying to, how can I make this more? enjoyable by maybe taking something away simplifying life overall so asp events who you you built this cms for over time and you just now turned into a SaaS product now what i'm hearing is really it sounds a bit more like a service company at the start you were building websites for events as a service and now you switch to this sort of platform mentality as a platform as a service software as a service yeah. concept imagine that's for some some differences to how you go about designing the product and also the com- the types of conversations you're having with customers because everything's not bespoke anymore yeah absolutely we, we were doing every website was a custom project and we were doing this a hundred times over but nothing nothing was connected nothing was thought about as we weren't really learning from what we were doing we we're just doing things isolated each time and that that just seemed crazy so we started to think about how can we reduce steps in our process how can we re- the, the man hours that we're going into with these individual projects and how can we learn and make sure that we're improving our products and our cms platform and, and our, our offerings in general so yeah we did a sort of adopt a, a different mentality to become a, a more of a, a SaaS-based product, which had its, it was tough, tough going in the beginning because I think the biggest challenge was really changing mindsets internally more than changing mindsets of existing clients, really, because it's a change and the people don't like change. A lot of people want to just keep, no, it's working, but it, but it, but it wasn't really working. So it, something had to change. And we wanted to progress and we want to evolve and we want to be better at our jobs. And so I think the biggest change really was creating this feedback forum and this feedback cycle, which was involving the clients as much as possible. So now we have a scenario where we are gathering real feedback from our clients consistently all the time and we're feeding it into this feedback loop and We've got a feedback team 
that meet up once a month and they discuss all the feedback and decide what goes into the, a monthly release. And that's transformed everything because suddenly now we are continuously updating products rather than before in the past we might have taken some feedback on and then waited for a long period of time then decided what we're going to do and then planned years of planning and then a huge release like a year later that that could be too late people's especially in the tech world you know everything changes so quickly so now we've got this continuously monthly updates small updates like that just keep feeding products evolving the product and and allowing it to grow and that's that's just been it's it feels like a really simple process mm. It feels like it's constantly moving, it's constantly growing, and yeah, it's changed quite I mean, significantly. That must be more rewarding for your team as well, right? And they're seeing the value a lot quicker. It's, it's rewarding all around because, yeah, internally you feel like you're part of something that's moving and, and changing and, and be, being better. But at the same time, the client is as well because they're constantly getting updates that even they didn't ask for because other clients have fed back and we've gone, right, yeah. we've got this new stuff now. They're like, oh, these guys are always releasing new stuff they're they're really on it so yeah it's it's been really really good really powerful so what i hear and like about that is it almost feels like you're starting to create a bit of an ecosystem there yeah you know one client benefits from another client yeah and before it was just everything was isolated and it was, was it just, all far away before as well yeah pretty, right, much, okay. pretty much you know we were using some base but even the the site itself once the event's done yeah it's post event i yeah. imagine there's some yeah. things that happen but then that's it for another year. And also like from doing this whole process and from using the same sort of base code to begin with, we're able to gather data on the same set of base code. So we can, we can really learn from multiple events yeah. and or where we need to improve or what's not hitting those goals. Or what but does we kinda, work really well. Yeah. 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 Okay. I heard earlier about how you bring together a cross-section of the business to review feedback and make decisions. I find that really interesting that you've taken that almost decentralized approach to product yeah. management and prioritization. Absolutely. And I re- really love that. Do you still have a bias around like the highest paying clients and what they want? Or you, do, you, do you say stay true to the, the cause of the platform regardless of what those invoices <laughs> generators yeah. want? Well, it does depend on what it is. But in general, it's not part of the process of who's come up with the feedback it's more about it does it add value to to multiple clients that's where we're really looking those are the, the bits of feedback that we're really looking to add new features for because we want to create something that is great for multiple people and potential customers that we haven't even got on board yet so Sometimes we will have to do certain certain things for some of the larger clients because they want to pay for the development. But in general, this feedback loop is for everyone, the benefit of everyone. But as as you mentioned, like getting a cross section of the company involved in this, I feel that that's really important because before it was okay, the product team are going to decide all this stuff. In a, in a room with the developers and the designers and that's where it was but now we've got the sales guys in there we've got the account managers in there we've got the delivery team in there and we feel that's really important to get a whole cross-section of the company because they have 
other ideas. Like uh, account managers, for example, they speak to the clients all day. They know their fr- the clients' frustrations and what's going on. Sales guys know what people are saying. Oh, if it had this, we would buy it, but we can't mm. get involved now. They, we need all that internal data that I feel like other companies might just ignore or or not yeah. not get them involved at the, at the right point. And you could go far down the line and develop something that is completely nice. useful. Mm. <laughs> no, and not, you not useful. Love hearing this, James. From Absolutely. a oh, really? from an empathy building perspective for engineers to hear that yeah. they're upfront in the feedback discussions before even entering into discovery. Yeah, I mean, I've, the best teams I've worked with have been involved in that process. And it's, it's, you're taking away a dev team's creativity if what you're actually doing is saying, here's a prescription, just go and fulfill it. Yeah. So being able to be part of that process is so much more empowering for developer. Yeah, yeah and hearing the real problem, not just what, something that's on a exactly. story or yeah, a bit exactly. of paper, you know. <laughs> it, it brings their creativity out. Now, we could solve this in that way and someone else might not have thought of that. Yeah, this, so. it definitely yeah, it generates different idea thinking mm. yeah, yeah i think it's really to, good to take this a step further do you also then look at removing features completely that aren't being used so you're not continuously to support stuff that yeah being leveraged absolutely we're, we're going through a whole ux redesign of, of our cms platform at the moment and part of that is looking at what can we take out does it need to be there are people using it are like because we're trying to we're trying to simplify the process and that might not be in, it doesn't always need to be about taking steps away or taking layers away, but it just, the user needs to have the perception of it being simple, even if it's a complex thing. Some of the modules in CMS platform are pretty complex stuff because we have things like exhibitor zones where they can log in and effectively upload products and videos. And that's a whole uh, entity that has a load of customizations and mm. stuff. So it's not simplicity. I know it's probably a, a word that designers use a lot, but it doesn't have to mean simple. Mm. Yeah, It could be that your design language or your, or your design system is just really consistent. So it appears simple because it's just really easy for someone to navigate through. Great. You raise a good point there. You've got different problems to solve in this type of product. Mm. You've got the experience event for the general person who's attending the event and then you've got the exhibitors experience of how do they get their content so that they can leverage the channel for distribution and then you've got the event managers yeah which is (laughs) need to manage the the exhibitors and so they're three different personas completely with different problems and imagine different experiences and solutions as yeah yeah because yeah because everyone's coming from a different perspective aren't they so it's our job i guess to to help the event organizer always go back to their their main goals because it, there's like a real like need to show everything on the homepage. Like the the clients often want don't want to leave anything out because in case the visitor will miss something and then they won't turn up to the event. But by putting everything on on the on the page, it just overwhelms the yeah. user, doesn't it? Like we know that it's just like no, don't put everything on there. These are your three goals. These are the things that you need to answer. This stuff doesn't do that. So let's take that out and put that somewhere else. As long as the navigation is really clear and the user journeys are like simple, people will find the stuff that they want to find. But let's focus on your goals that you set at the beginning of this project Mm -hmm. and make sure that nothing else is muddying. What's interesting about that, it must be 
also then a hard conversation for them to have with their sponsors. Yeah. You've got yeah. like three platinum oh, sponsors who yeah. all want a share of the real estate on the homepage and, you know, that old design trait of, can you make my logo a bit bigger? Yeah. And, um, and those types of things. So I imagine there's lots of hard conversations. There's always a compromise. Beyond you. Yeah. And, 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 and we understand. We understand that there are commercial needs for, for these things and that's what effectively pay for the mm. pay for the events to go on. So it's, it's all important, but we just need to, we always sort of revert back to, right, these are your three goals. Like, let's make sure that we are, this is crystal clear. Oh, you know, keeping everything to convert straight yeah. into there, anything Absolutely. else is just waste. Yeah. That's all they really care about. It's yeah. like, that's the most important thing. So let's make sure we're doing that. <laughs> I want to take the conversation back 20 years now oh dear. to when we were flexing our macromedia lingo muscle, oh, wow. or we were copy and paste programmers, I think you call it. <laughs> Dreamweaver, in the days then, of yeah. macromedia director, Dreamweaver, action scripts, oh, Flash. and yeah, Adobe After Effects that would crash every 10 minutes. Oh, yeah. So f- for designers coming into the market now, or people considering UX, UI, product design, interaction design what advice would you be giving these people trying trying to enter the industry yeah well obviously it's like very different from when we when we sort of entered because there wasn't a product development mm. kind of route really was there or no, management was or different. design yeah. so the way it, in my experience i've just kind of fallen into these things just progressively like just having a real interest in design in general so I only know from my experience of like what what i like to look for when i'm hiring designers and that's I just want someone with real their own ideas and their real personality of, of their own that and a real passion for something in particular. It doesn't have to be one thing or the, or the other, but if someone's like really passionate about general design and also I'd say explore other design mediums because you will find things that you won't find if you're just looking through product design that, that you can take into your industry and so definitely explore all the different different areas because I'm, I'm constantly looking around at stuff that's not related directly to, to my work. However, I'm always finding things. I'm like, oh, yes, I love that approach. We could take that approach and adopt it to what we're doing because at the end of the day, all the design projects that I'm working on, I use the same principles for all of them. And it's, it's all about solving problems and hitting goals and delivering something of use or an enjoyable experience at the end of the day. You reminded me of the documentary Somme about the four people trying to become grandmaster sommeliers and they take that same approach for their senses, for their nose and their, and their tongue. And one of the guys on there says, I smell everything. So you've got to build <laughs> yeah. up a vocabulary of smells. He goes, I smell chairs, I smell tennis balls, um, I smell everything. And he just uses the world around him for inspiration. So it's great, great to hear how that crosses over. Yeah. Thanks so much for this session. Thank you. It's, it's been great to sit down with, with two old friends who are not old. <laughs> well... Yeah, getting that way and talk through design and and do a little bit of reminiscing as well. Thanks for your time, Luke. No problem. Thank you. Thank you. Likewise, James. Thank you. If you've enjoyed this episode, please remember this is for a cause. I'm recording 50 podcast episodes around Europe with product leaders, designers, technologists, etc. So if you have enjoyed this, have a think about supporting bushfire.productcoalition.com. The funds there go to one of three causes. You can leave a 
support the country fire authority volunteer firefighters in Australia. They lose an income when they're out fighting fires. You can support the wildlife or you can support the National Bush Fire Fund as well. So have a think about that. If you'd like to join me on a tour, maybe on a podcast like Luke or James, please do reach out to me as well. You can find more information about the tour agenda at tour.productcoalition.com. Thanks for listening and watching if you're on YouTube or following us on the Instagram video, IGTV as well. Until the next episode, thank you. Cheers.